0: Hey, you're listening to the abide podcast to find out more about abide go to abidechurchfl.com and enjoy today's message how many of you were here last week when my wife spoke oh man it was amazing it was such a, it was such a uh, like a clarion call and it was, uh, it was an amazing reminder for us to lay idols aside, right? We, get to, we come to church like, oh, I don't have any idols. I'm good. Like, I'm saved, sanctified, got my halo on. But it's a good reminder to, for us as a people to remove any distractions that would stop us from fully pursuing the Lord with all of our hearts. from fully going after everything that he has for us. And so we've been in this series called The Main Thing. And I just want to say this to you in the beginning. Keeping the main thing, the main thing in our lives does not just happen. Do you hear me? Us us going day by day and hour by hour, it, it doesn't just happen for us to remain in the middle. How many of you know we live in a time where there is the most options ever? There is something vying for our attention at every single moment, every single hour, even during worship. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me, I have to be very intentional to keep my eyes fixed on Him. Because there's demands, and there's, this, I mean, you know, you're hungry, you're this, you're that, all of these things. And in these moments, it's like I have to refocus myself. I remember my wife at the conference we went to. And it's not just the conference, often she's like, I get so frustrated, because even in the midst of the presence of God being in the room, and it happens to all of us, it's so easy to become distracted. It's so easy to turn aside, and for us to be be wooed by all of these things, but God, he's calling us to be a one thing people, to be a people who would be fixated on this one thing, and this one thing is Jesus, and the message doesn't change. The message doesn't change where he's calling us. He says, come, come, come. And and so it's like in a world full of thirst and hunger for all of these different things, he says, will you thirst and will you hunger for me? Will will your desires be aligned with my presence where I I can give to you everything I have for you? Because make no mistake about it, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And what I want to share with you today is very simple, and I want to call us as a body and as a people to build history with the Lord. This is what my wife was talking about last week. Sometimes we come and we hear messages like that, and we feel some kind of a way because we feel like, oh, I don't, I don't have to live that way. I don't have to give that much. Listen, you cannot create history with your phone and history with the Lord. You cannot create history with your job and create history with the Lord. <laughs> Creating history with, with God is a very intentional thing. It's a knowing. It, it, it's us setting time. We see Jesus do this often in the scriptures, where he was surrounded by crowds of people everywhere he went, but he would retreat back, and he would, he would spend intimate time with the Lord. And what was he doing? He was building history with the Father. He was building history with the one who could sustain him. And there's something to this building history with the Lord. Because we live in a world, how many of you know we're pretty good at this point of our lives, if you've been in church any amount of time, you're pretty good at when you're going through crisis or struggles running to the Lord. How many of you know, like, if you haven't yet, listen, we've been conditioned for this. It's like, we go go through a struggle or through a difficulty, and our first reaction is to go to people to receive a word from people. But there is a higher level where God has called us to run to him, to our secret place. So like people, brother, I just can't go to that church. I'm just looking for meat. Meat does not come from a pulpit. It does not come from a pulpit. Like, no, brother, I just, it does not. Listen, what is milk? Milk is something that has been processed through the digestive system of another. It is that that has been eaten and chewed and comes out, but it can never sustain you the way meat does. And so for us as a people, as we build history, we have to know that this meat, this this sustaining, it can only come as we pull ourselves away and as we fix our eyes on him and as we say, God, speak to us. And we allow this, this word, as my wife was saying last week, my brother two weeks ago, that this would become food for us. That we would run to, when we go through struggles, and when we go through trials, and when we go through, through tests, that we would run away with the word. Not just, listen, not just, to, not just to share with God our complaints, but we remain, we abide until he speaks. We stay in that place, so many of us, we've been, we've been taught this. You go into your secret place, God, oh, we void vomit, and then we're gone. Now fix it. No. We wait, and we go through the word, and we say, God, speak to us. What, what happens? Let, let, me, let me say this to you. Many times as we're going through, through difficult things, and when we go through difficult things, me and my wife, we ask the Lord to speak to us. And very seldom, if not ever, does it change when I leave. So when I leave the room, my problem is still there. Yeah, I haven't gotten a text message saying, this is fixed. What has changed is I now have an anchor. I now have something in my life that that I know is truth and so as I walk through life as I get bank statements and as I get this and as I get that I know that I can be fixed on the truth and that truth it becomes my sustainer so I'm not I'm not coming to church saying oh Lord God speak through pastor today I have my word I have my anchor I'm not waiting for destiny to sing a prophetic word that can be my anchor because that's milk and if I live off of milk, I will be a Christian that is sustained from week to week. Yeah. And this is the trap of the enemy. Yeah. The trap of the enemy is that what you would live your Christian life living through something that has gone through somebody else's digestive system. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that word was so good. You don't even remember what I talked about three weeks ago. And it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. And this is why we are not camped. Listen, the people of Israel, they were not camped around the book of the law. They were not camped around Moses. They were camped around the presence. Because the presence was the sustainer. It was that which filled them with life. Oh, I feel the Lord. And so, I've, I've been running. And this, it doesn't look, it's getting better, right? Look at the side angle. It's getting... Y'all are so funny. You have to clap. What else are you going to do? If you don't clap, you're a jerk. Oh, I love it. And so a couple of months ago, I had this ridiculous idea. At 260-something pounds, I'm going to run 13 miles. And I signed up, and I paid way too much money to run. And there was a process that took place as God, and I know it was the Lord put that in my heart, where I realized... I could have signed up for a 5K or a 10K, but the truth is, for a 13-mile run, you have to put in the work. Like, when, when you show up for something like that, you can't just show up. You had, there had to be a preparation that had to happen in my heart for me to be able to complete what God had called me to in that moment. And so, as I was going to Orlando to run the race at Disney, there were a lot of times where I had doubt. And I would look at my wife and say, I don't know, I've never ran 13 miles. I had never done it. The longest I had run was 10 miles. And I would look at my hip because I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And what I've learned in life and, and what I hope you learn is it's easy to start. It's not easy to finish. I'm no longer impressed. I'm glad that you start, but I'm impressed when you finish. And so I, I got to, to, to the line that morning, and I was like, "I've never ran this distance, but, but here's the truth: I knew in my mind that I had put the time in. Yeah. What carried me through the race was not my, it was not my adrenaline. it wasn't my sheer will. It was the history I had built. That's right. Come on. And for us, what, what I want to call you to today is to level up in this life, and I want to take you to Philippians 4. And I want to read this to you. You good? In Philippians, the writer says this, and this is a scripture we're probably familiar with, but I want to read it and I want you to go through this. I know how to get along. This is the amplified version. I, I love it. I know how to get along and how to live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether fed or going hungry, whether having abundance or being in need, I can do all things. I want you to declare that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I love this. And empowers me. For us in our lives, we have, been, we have been trained to go from difficulty to difficulty because we preach more about struggle than we do about glory and succeeding in victory. And what I want to say to you today is as as believers, when we go through trials, I believe, I know this, those troubles and those trials and those difficulties, they must lead us to the secret place. Are we on the same page? But I want to speak to your spirit because here's what I believe. I believe God is about to prosper you. I believe as we declare this the year of advancement, that God is going to bless you. Not just with money, although I believe that's going to happen, but with anointings and callings and dreams and visions. He's going to, it's going to be a leveling up. And a greater measure for us as Christians, a greater test is not what we do when we are in trial. It's what we do when we're living in favor. In Proverbs says this, the true test of a man's character is what he does when he receives Favor. And as people, what I've noticed about me, maybe not you, is when I'm going through hard times, it's easy for me to run to the Lord's feet. It's easy for me to recognize in this moment I have to go to him because he's all I have. But sometimes when everything is going good and gravy, I tend to become self-reliant. I tend to depend on self and just go through life. and It's not, it's not on purpose. Here's the crazy thing, right? I just start going through the motions And so I've noticed that I live my life encountering the Lord from difficulty to difficulty instead of from glory to glory. And in your life and in my life, we can only be trusted with success to the measure whereby his favor leads us to his feet. I want you to catch this. The only way we can receive more success and favor is if that favor and success will lead us into the secret place. He goes, ah, they can be trusted with more. And so a lot of times we come into church and we have these dreams and these passions and these visions and desires and they don't come to pass and we blame it on the sovereignty of God. Oh, it must not be the Lord's timing. No. The Lord is waiting for us to become a one thing people. When I have a little, I know how to be satisfied, but I also know that the Lord is my satisfaction when I have a lot. I know when I'm prospering and I'm blessed and everything's going good, that I still must be ministering to his feet because he's the one who gave it to me. Ah. This is a greater test for us as a people. And we have to catch this because it's easy for us to, to run in this hamster wheel where we're like, oh, I'm struggling and oh, God delivered me. And oh, I'm struggling and oh, God delivered me instead of being sustained by him. That my, like my wife said, that he would become a resting place for us where we would run a hiding place. And so in the scriptures, I believe we have to, like I said, this scripture, it becomes a well for us. I'm all about counseling. I love counseling. I love prophetic words. I love all, I, we believe in all of it. But what I know is that can never become what this is for me. There have been times in my life where I've gone through highs and lows, and this has become a well for my soul. Like like when I'm thirsty or when I'm in need, I can run. I can't tell you, man. I I, I believe like Psalms 27, that was for me. He might have gave it to David, but he had it with Geo in mind. And these words, John 15... It was rain, but it was with Geo in mind. And I feel like as a people, we have to become anchored in that. And we become anchored in lots of different things. Come on, let's be honest. We become anchored in success and in applause and in this and in that. And he wants us to become anchored in him. To become a people that the main thing is the main thing, and this becomes our source. And so we live in such a challenging time, right, because... In this time and age, we know the most people, but we don't know anyone. We're the most connectedly disconnected people that has ever been on this planet. Like, I I love LeBron James. Like, LeBron James is my favorite basketball player. I know a lot about LeBron. I know a lot about LeBron James, but I don't know LeBron James. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know him, and as a people, I feel like it's easy to come into church and know a lot about the Bible and know a lot about going through the motions of worship and when to get on your knees and when to shout and when to scream, but I wonder, I wonder, do we know? Yeah. Do we know him? Yeah. Yeah. We've been with people before. It's been interesting. You know, we've had these dialogues, and, and we'll sit with people, and they'll say things because people just say really weird crap. It's like it comes out, like, wow. And we'll be, we'll be interacting with them, and they're like, they'll say things like, wow, you guys are not like what we thought. And I'm like, well, what did you think? <laughs> and here's, here's what I've learned, that, you know, from your seats looking unto me today, I probably, I probably look good. I mean, I know I look good. You don't have to tell me. I know I look good. <laughs> but, but what I know is the closer you get to me, the more of my imperfections you will see. Yeah. I, I went to go shave this morning, and the Lord said, no, don't shave because I, I, I want to speak something. And I was like, oh, man, Pastor Len's coming. I want to be shaved. But, but from your seat, you probably couldn't see that. I, didn't, I, didn't, I have a nice haircut, but I'm not, I'm not shaved today. And what I've noticed about life is distance, it creates distortion. The further away I am from something, the more distorted that thing becomes. But what I have learned is is proximity, closeness, it creates perspective. And so like when we call us to a fast, it's not to beat ourselves with whips so we can be more holy. It's because as as I push everything else aside, my proximity to him changes. And as my proximity changes, my perspective changes. And now I can see, and so sometimes we're afraid of this because... We have been presented with this image of God that is just not right. Like, let's just be honest. If I got that, if if that proximity happens, I'm not sure I would like what I see. But here's the truth that you need to settle in your heart today. God is way better than you think he is. And he's not afraid of your dysfunction. He's not afraid of you. You're not going to change his nature. But proximity creates perspective and perspective changes heart seeing him rightly allows me to see me rightly yeah, come on. and it becomes it becomes this moment where i begin to live i begin to live and i don't compare you know it was funny running the race it's very very uh, what's the word it hurts my heart to see a 90 year old person beat me running 13 miles <laughs> call it pride call it what you want but he's like 175 and he's beating me and he's walking But you learn with proximity, you learn as you fix. Hebrews says this, that that you run your own race, and the way you run it is you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And so my race is not your race, and your race is not my race, and the worst thing you can do for you is to compare you to me. To compare you to anybody on a front row, you are called to your race, and you do this by fixing your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith, and he perfects you. You don't perfect you. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there might be liberty? No. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So what should be our job? To host him. To host him. And to ask him for this word, to, for his promises to be, to be inside of us. And what I've learned is there's a difference between possessing a promise and being possessed by it. Many people receive words and they have these things inside of them, but, but what he's looking for as, as you strip yourself of all of these things is you become possessed with the promise. Yeah, come on. Like we say, when I wake up in the morning, you're the first thing on my mind. When I go to sleep, you're the last thing I think of. You become possessed with this promise. And it changes. And so so I want to I want to land here. I had... I had this dream a while ago. And I was in the dream. I was walking through a field. I was walking through a field and it was dry and dead. It was dry and dead. Like like everything was dead. The greenery was dead. There was no fruit on the trees. And I was, as I was walking, I was like, why is everything dead? And as I walked... There was a well. And as I walked towards the well, the ground began to shake. And as the ground shook, water is sprouted out of the well. And it landed. This water landed on all of the surrounding, all of the surrounding dead stuff, and life began to flourish. Now with that in mind, I, I, I want to take you to first to Kings 18. And this is where I'm going to land today, and I hope that this, 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 right in the middle of your heart, right in the middle of your heart, this is the story of Elijah. And if you don't know the story of Elijah, you need to read it because he was bad to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, uh, he bad to the bone. Listen, he went up to the king of the time, he's like, yo, it's not going to rain anymore, and it stopped raining. This is the context. He goes up to the king and he says, It will no longer rain. And you need to understand that there was a purpose behind the withholding of the rain, and the purpose was this: they worshiped a God called Baal, Baal, whatever you want to call it. Baal, Baal, Baal. Baal. <laughs> Works both ways. And what they what they want, what they thought this God provided from them was rain. And so they worshiped the false God. And Elijah comes on the scene and he says, it will no longer rain. I will show you who the real God is. Come on. So it stops raining and you go through these chapters and then there's the big showdown at the mountain there. Where all of the, all of the, all of the prophets of Baal got, got killed. And then you get to chapter 18 and Elijah is not going to pray for the restoration of rain. We on the same page? So it, just, it says this, 1 Kings 18:41. Elijah said to Ahab, go and get something to eat and to drink, for I hear. Say, I hear. hear. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Come on. So Ahab went to eat and to drink, but Elijah, he climbed up to Mount Carmel, and he bowed down to the ground, and he prayed with his face between his knees. And he said to his servants, go out and look towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah, and he said, I didn't see anything. You you understand this? They didn't see. Elijah heard it, but they didn't see it. Seven times Elijah told them, go and look. Finally, the seventh time, the servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah, oh yes. Elijah shouted out, "Hurry, go to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you." I just love it because they couldn't see it. How many of you know if you see a cloud like this in the sky, you're not going to be like, "The storm's coming." <laughs> this big. You better get in your chariot, bro. It's coming down. What what is he speaking from? He's speaking from his history with the Lord. He saw the fire come down on the mountain. He saw it was a history that gave him the ability to hear from God, not only hear, but to see what others could not see. And soon, the sky was filled with black clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific, I love it, a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel, and then the Lord gave special strength and he tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran. This guy out ran a chariot. He was, all, he was on fire. <laughs> and here's, here's what I feel. Listen to me prophetically, like with your heart. What I feel God is calling us to. We are called to build history with him. Why? So that we can walk into situations with cloudless skies. And we can say to a people who are living in a dry and barren land, there is rain coming. I need you to catch this. There's rain coming. I don't care what people say. I don't care what they declare. I don't care what the world looks like. There is rain coming. And so everybody may be declaring doom and gloom and all of these things, but I'm telling you, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And our job is to declare. Our job is to declare the rain is coming from a place of confidence. Look at me. I believe it. I believe it. The rain is coming. And it's going to fall on the just and the unjust. We are going to see those who people say, they will never come to the Lord. They will come. Look at my brother in the back. They're coming. They're coming to the Lord. And it's not going to happen. It'll happen on front porches. And it'll happen at restaurants. Ah, oh, I was at the gym. I was at the gym in the sauna. And when I'm in the sauna, I have the most ridiculous interactions with people. And, and I'm sitting with my earphones in because I'm being a little non-social. Like, if I have it in, they won't talk to me, right? Nope. The guy's like, hey. I'm like, Lord, help me. And literally, he just begins to, to word vomit. I like his whole life story. And I was reminded. I was reminded because, because we have this tension. Lord, if I hide myself in the secret place, then the world will not be touched by my greatness. No. As you hide yourself in the secret place, the shadow of the Almighty, He will bring people to you. He will bring, they'll tap you on the shoulder, like, hey. And in that moment, because I had built a history with the Lord, I didn't have to go pray and fast for a word. I knew in my heart, oh, I remember, I remember when I thought I was going to lose my marriage, but God. I remember when I thought I was going to lose my child, but God. And out of my mouth became to flow the history of the Lord. What is it? It's His goodness. And in a sauna, the 300-pound man began to weep as he realized that this was a divine moment from the Lord and all I was doing was sweating at 125 degrees. But when you build history with God, he positions you to be an ambassador for him. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. To declare to people the rain is coming. That guy showed up to the gym today with who knows what, but that day he left knowing, hey, bro, I said to him, God brought you. You could have came at any time. You could have sat with any person, but you sat with me. <laughs> and when you sit, when you sit with the Lord, he puts people in front of you to see, to see him. When we say things in this church, like we, we take the lowest place at the table and we go low and we die, all these things, it's because we don't, I don't want to be seen. <laughs> if, if I would have sat in that moment in that sauna and they would have seen Gio, he would have left unchanged. But the, we, the reason he began to weep and the reason he began to share, and the reason we prayed hand in hand with sweat everywhere, was because the Lord was in the room. Yeah. It's because the rain is coming. So I want us to stand. And I, wa- I want us to just, once again, to, to just put our hands on our heart. This is not a hype moment, this is a deliberate choice. To be a person who will build history with the Lord. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to begin to pray. Not like, I want you to pray. Like, Lord, I want you to use me. And I want you to begin to pray. I'm going to go after this. Listen, I've been so moved. We are going to see unchurched people in Abide. We sat in an executive team meeting right here, and we were talking about what does this church have to look like to reach the people who don't know Jesus. We're positioning ourselves for the rain. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over every single person in this room right now. Come on, you pray. I pray, God, that we would be a people who would see your, Father, we would see in cloudless skies the size of a hand a cloud, Lord. The size of a hand, of cloud. Father, use us, encourage us. Father, speak to us. Let your words become an anchor for us, God. Every single person in this room, God, without music, without the right mood, let us make a choice. Let us make a choice to be a people who burn at full capacity for you, God. We're not going to expect to receive just from a pastor, God. We're going to receive from the well. Come and drink, all who are thirsty, come and drink from the well, and you will be satisfied. So Father, let our satisfaction come from you. Yeah, grab the hand of the person next to you. I want you to begin to pray over them right now. Pray, pray that they would see, that they would hear and they would see. Father, give them the ability to pray to see, to hear and to see, to hear and to see every single person in this room, God. Give us supernatural eyes, God. Give us the expectancy of heart, God. Father, I I pray over every person. I pray over unbelief right now in this room, over doubt, situations that have happened that have been deflating. God, we speak life over them right now in Jesus' name. We speak to their spirits. And we say, rise, rise. There are dreams, there are people, there are people. Oh, there are people. They're waiting for you in the restaurants and the stores at your job. They're waiting for you. Father, we repent. We repent of passing them by, Lord. Father, we're not going to expect them just to come to churches. We will become the church. We will become the church and we'll carry you everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go, Father, help us. Help us, God. Unify us as a body. Unify us as a body, God. And help us to keep our eyes, Hebrews 12, that we do this by fixing our eyes on you, Jesus. On you, Jesus. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation, Father. Just true heartfelt repentance from you, God. Unto you, through you, and to you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.